I will. Are you recording right now? Okay. Who's okay? So let me ask this again. Who's been to a panel so far today or this weekend? Okay. So Adam over here. Adam, how do you say your last name? Adam Dottie has put all these on. He and his wife put all them on, and they've done an awesome job. So give them a hand to start off, just real quick. If you if you've been to one, they're awesome. They run Dollar Ben Podcast, and you can listen to this panel on there or any other this week if you missed one like me, and I've got to go listen to all of them all over again because I've been running around, then that'll be awesome. And we'll put that up on the SC Comic Con Facebook. We'll put that link up as soon as, as, soon as they're up. Um, all right, guys. So thanks for coming. I'm imagining if you're here, then maybe you are a creative already, and you're thinking, oh, how do I get my, my thing published, or my or how do I just convince strangers to give me money? Um, I'm hosting some of you. I told you I'm hosting because I'm, I'm the most successfully funded person who is unfamous and has nothing to do with anything. And everyone else on this panel is super awesome and has way more interesting projects. So I'm going to shamelessly plug myself real quick. My name is Micah Taylor and I wrote a book called be normal and I have run a successfully funded Kickstarter, this one, and then a super unsuccessfully funded Kickstarter, ironically called Super Big, which was a super big failure when it came to getting funded. Um, everyone else I have has done some awesome projects, and we'll get to them in a second. But first of all, um, the first person to raise their hand and answer this question will get a prize. How do you spell your first name? Yes, you. That's super easy. Chris, I'm staring at you right Y-O-U-R-F-I-R-S-T-N-A-M-E. now. Y-O-U-R-F-I-R-S-T-N-A-M-E. Thanks, Dean. I also read nom instead of now. How do you change a W to an N? Um, when in doubt, black it out. You would say that, Sanford? Yes. You get a copy of my book. Yay. All right. Now we're going to talk about more interesting people. <laughs> that was a check. Check. Oh, pretty cool. good. Hey, you don't have to read it, but you do have to give it positive reviews on Amazon. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the interesting people. Ben, let's start with you. Tell us who you are, what you do, and what you have are doing or have done via the crowdfunding platforms. Yeah, so I'm Van Jensen. I'm probably most known right now for writing Green Lantern Corps and The Flash uh, with Robert Vendetti. Um, I wrote a series of graphic novels called Pinocchio Vampire Slayer, that sort of what got me in the industry. Um, and then actually the first comic book that I ever wrote was a sort of weird book about uh, Santa Ana's disembodied leg adventuring through Mexico in the 1930s. And it was a book that sat on a shelf, not being created for a long time, but I met an artist who wanted to make it, so we actually made the book and decided to go the Kickstarter route just because it's a kind of odd book. So it's actually uh, live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, we have more than a couple weeks to go, and it's 81% funded, I know, thanks to Micah looking up because I'm so closely monitoring it. Um, so I guess I can kind of answer questions in terms of like being in the, in the trenches right now. Cool. Mr. Dean Tripp. Uh, yeah, I'm Dean. I, uh, run Project Rooftop, which is a superhero redesign site and a couple of podcasts, the last cast and the back cast. But, um, I had a Kickstarter for a, a digital comic I'd already done called something terrible to do a print edition, uh, that went really, really well. And I also uh, just want to point out that it's funny that Robin Hood is attending the crowdfunding panel because Sherwood Forest has a lot of unwilling backers. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's really good. Great. Mr. Green. Yes. Uh, my name is Sanford Green. Um, I draw stuff. I think I do draw some. Stuff. You draw great stuff, man. Okay. Well, thank you. So says you. 
but um, I do um, illustration work um, in comics and in animation. I worked um, now for I guess close to ten years professionally. Uh, some of the projects I've done, um, I did this character called Spider-Man and Deadpool, the Hulk, some other guy named Batman. I don't read I comics, but I heard of that one. So I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've done, you know, from Marvel to DC. Um, I started to venture out doing my own stuff. You know, as most creators, they start to realize that, hey, I don't own Spider-Man or Batman. You know, I have a mortgage. I need to, you know, look beyond, you know, the immediate you know, um, I guess interest and look towards the future professionally. So I started to go towards create our own projects. <clears throat> I have a project over at Dark Horse um, right now that is in creative limbo a, a little bit because I have some other things I need to take care of. This uh, project called Rotten Apple. Um, it was in Dark Horse Presents and it got some some eyeballs on it. And we did a one shot. We're about to do another one shot. It's pretty much. Um, a female um, lead character minority, which that's a very uh, that's a um, you're saying a this premium. is a comic book with a female minority lead. Female minority lead. Those words don't go together. It you know? really doesn't. It really doesn't. Which is why I'm doing it because I'm a rebel and I need to create. And I think there's a huge audience actually out there for um, uh, for that type of. Uh, for that, that type of interest. So I'm doing that right now. Um, and as far as the uh, Kickstarter route, from the creative standpoint, creative-owned standpoint, I'm similar to you where I did the, you know, go big or go home. That was my mentality. I was like, you know, man, screw this, you know, going for these small goals or whatever. And it wasn't because I, I went for a pretty big goal. I don't want to say what the amount is right <laughs> now, but it was because I was going for animation for my, my project, <clears throat> and I know what it takes. I did a lot of research on that. Um, this is the unsuccessful one, by the way. I'll, I'll talk about that one first. And um, it was for a creator-owned project called 1000. It's pretty much, if you can take um, folklore, all the folklore that you grew up with, and what if that folklore existed, you know, in, in this world? You function with it. You know, everything from a Pinocchio you know, like character, everything to a dragon. You know, a dragon may be just flying overhead, but it's nothing to us because we're, it's part of our society, uh, our society. So, you know, I just came up with this this idea and I wanted to do animation for it. I thought I could do animation first because that would, in my my wild scheme, you know, plan, I um, I thought the animation would reach greater eyeballs, thus it would bring more attention to when I do my graphic novel. Um, it made a lot of noise. It, it definitely got to a lot of people, but it didn't reach its goal. Um, <clears throat> what's funny about it, we had an initial goal that we were going for. I hope I'm not jumping ahead here. I'm just going all You into, are, but just go for it. Well, you know, you that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, we had an initial goal, and we decided to go higher before we even launched the thing. And um, we went 20 grand higher in our original goal. And if we had kept it to the original goal, we would have reached the goal probably pretty quick. Anyway, long story short, we didn't reach that goal. I decided to launch a second Kickstarter, which was successful. And that was my art book, The Art of Sanford Green, which is a, it's called Deadlines. I did a series of art books um, over the past few years. So, you know. It wasn't, uh, you know, 20 grand for the goal, though. <laughs> yeah. It was smaller. But 
Cool. Awesome. Um, well, now that we heard Sanford talk forever. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm shut kidding. up now. I'm kidding. Uh, let's let's jump back over to the, to the front of the table. Um, Van, I wanted to ask you, being someone who's been published, you've been published through DC now, um, and you had Pinocchio Vampire Slayer, which was um, that's going through who now? That's top shelf. Yeah. Um, being someone who's been published before, what made you take this very first original work you ever did and go? I think I'm going to crowdfund this. I mean, it is a, it's about a leg, severed leg, which is, but uh, I mean, there's, there's plenty of uh, some pretty cool projects out there and publishers who embrace some pretty off the wall stuff. What made you think I want to take this to a crowdfunding platform? It was, it was a couple of factors. Um, part of it was that I, I just, you know, knowing comics and, and knowing how indie publishers work, I knew that there would be very, very little money in doing it you know through a publisher it just it's not something that um you know is probably going to sell a great deal through the direct market um but i wanted to have the book done i wanted to have it so i could you know put on the table and the the artists the colorists they had i mean the book's finished they you know they had done incredible work and i wanted to get it out there and at the same time i was making the transition from working and writing to writing full-time so I decided rather than, you know, fill up my slate with a bunch of, of writing assignments that I would, you know, fill that time with running a, you know, a self-publishing effort through Kickstarter. And, um, you know, I, I, you never know what the right decision is, but it seems like it's, it's been good in terms of connecting directly with readers and, and it's had a good response thus far, which, I mean, you wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't expect for a book about a leg. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's cool, too, to talk about connecting with readers because um, even – and, Dean, you can probably speak to this, too. Your – I had to look up the actual number. Your last project was 754% funded. I don't know if you had that goal. <laughs> You're getting faint claps from the um, – some. <laughs> um, and so and, – and especially with the content, much like, um, like Vans, it was done. It was even online. People could read it. Um, and – it's it, it's a pretty personal project. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but um, Van talks about getting uh, you know kind of connecting with people, and there, there is this community aspect to it. So talk a little bit about your success and and how really too that connects to a community of readers who want to throw money at something that they could even read for free. I mean that's kind of cool. That was the thing is I uh, I kind of released something terrible uh, in a really weird fashion, but it's because of the subject matter. It, it's about my life growing up as a child sexual abuse victim and dealing with the misconceptions out there that victims become offenders, which every study points to that not being true. But I didn't know that because I grew up with the procedural crime shows. But the story that meant the most to me was Bruce Wayne rebuilding himself after his parents' death. He's a childhood mm -hmm. trauma survivor. So it's kind of like the the story is my life with Batman. I always say it's like the footprints poem of Jesus when there was one set of footprints. <laughs> so when there was one grapple line, it's because Batman was carrying me. Um, has anybody read something terrible in here? Cool people. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a very personal story. And then also I'm obviously using a character I don't really have the rights to uh, in it. But I, I felt justified in doing so in that it's my real story. And uh, I used the Hollywood land example that that Ben Affleck movie where he plays George Reeves, like they couldn't use Superman's logo on the thing, but they could use it in the story because it's a true story. Um, this was my real story. Um, but yeah, so I released it as a webcomic that ran weekly with two panels a week. The, each page was four panels for the most part. And uh, if you wanted to read it weekly, you could, but at any point from day one, you could download the whole story for 99 cents. 
There's an idea a buddy had said to me. He's like, why don't webcomics do something like this? And I thought, well, I'll do that. The only reason they don't is because you have to do all the work up front before it's even released. Um, but yeah, what would happen is people at any point, whatever week that the story hooked them, they would go and download it. And then um, before the entire run of Something Terrible had even completed, there were people asking for a print edition. I hadn't planned on doing that. I, I really like digital comics. I like that I can charge less. I did it myself through uh, my site. Uh, I used a service called Selfie that's really great, and uh, it's S-E-L-L-F-Y. But they let you upload a file, and then they charge five cents on the dollar to download it, and it's a 99-cent thing. PayPal takes their 10. So I was getting 84 cents on the dollar for every download, which is so much more than you get through something like Comixology or Apple, which nothing against those marketplaces, but this story was too personal to let anyone else make money on it, which is also why I did it myself rather than trying to find a publisher. The idea of anyone making money off my story, my journey just felt wrong. Uh, and so I found kind of this cool distribution method. Then Upworthy asked me to do a abridged version that they could run to share the message of the story, which is us victims don't become offenders and you are who you choose to be. And, uh, so I did an abridged version of the comic, which was a very, also a weird thing, and I wouldn't have thought of it if they hadn't asked me, but it's the whole story. It's just half as long, uh, cutting out panels that weren't relevant to telling like the core message but are obviously relevant if you're reading the whole story. So now if you go to the website, you read the abridged version. It doesn't have the full version up, and then if you want to buy it, you can, the whole thing. But I did the Kickstarter for the print edition, and I had asked for, I think, 6400 um, to get them printed because I was using this print service called Print Ninja. They were a really good public, like printer. And uh, it was funny because like, I went to their site. They were recommended to me by my buddy Scott Fogg, who I do a podcast with. His book was printed through them. And uh, I sent them a special request for a quote because they didn't have standard size. I did, it's not a standard size book. And uh, I was like, I can send you a PDF of the book if you want. Uh, and the girl, at uh, Ashley, at Print Ninja wrote me back. She's like, oh, you don't have to do that. I already bought something terrible. It's great. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I found my printer. <laughs> like, um, but then we ended up raising um, 48000 for the book because the story just connected with so many people. And it meant a lot to me, especially as most of the backers had already read the book. They just wanted to have it. And, you know, after we reached the goal, I think we, we may have been funded the first day. I don't remember. Uh, we were funded really quickly. And then so I had to set stretch goals, which is obviously a weird thing to do because you have a plan of what you're going to do. And so if you go beyond your goal, you have to set these weird stretch goals. And uh, eventually, like, we upgraded to hardcovers, which was one I had, I had thought we'd probably get to 10,000 um, by over the course of the month. But since we blew past that, I set the stretch goal for the hardcovers, and then I, I'm doing an extra four-page epilogue and stuff like that uh, and giveaways of prints and things like that. But it, it went really well, and it's it's been cool to see the response. Awesome, man! Great, thanks for sharing that too. Um, and and so, really, when you think about it, uh, really, it's a personal story for you, um, very personal, and and on a lighter level, but still, Van, it's like the first story you ever wrote, and in Sanford, I mean, it's your it's your work. Um, and so, maybe especially for people here in the crowd now, um, who are maybe doing a work of their own, thinking about getting this published. It's a it's a really personal thing, and my wife teased me when I was doing. She's like, "Oh, people are going to read your book." Like, I I couldn't do that. What if they don't like it? I'm like, Stop! I don't want to think about it. Um, but but tell us a little bit about um, and Sanford. You can you can talk to this a little bit. Tell us about and especially you know you had one that failed, and then you turn around what six months later and did another one that that succeeded. Talk talk to me a little bit about maybe what 
the courage even that it takes. I mean, I know it sounds funny, but the courage it takes to put yourself out there and say, I hope people like this enough to support it. Um, <clears throat> well, um, that's pretty awesome, man. I need to get that book, man. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to be on a panel and then you just learn so much mm. about the other creators. But um, uh, I think for me, actually, I, I turned I turned it around pretty quick because the motive, the the momentum was there in terms of, it was almost like a weird, it's kind of weird. It was like a, it was like the same Kickstarter, but like it ended, but it didn't end in a sense because the people were still interested. I kept getting email after email of saying that, man, you know, I hate that you didn't reach this initial goal. Are you going to put it back out? Are you, you need to do it pretty quick because people are still, you know, interested. And, um, <clears throat> that, that was a, a great motivator. Now, to put myself out there initially, oh, that was terrifying. You know, I did all types of research, and it still didn't work, you know. But what I realized initially was that I think I w- if I had known any better, I would have went with a smaller goal. I think that's a know? great point. And yeah. I get a lot of buddies uh, that ask for a higher goal that's reasonable, not, right. not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. But there is, uh, having worked in sales a lot, like I've worked in retail since I was 14, and mm-hmm. then I've run several comic shops, but if you... The price on it. There's a reason why things say one ninety nine instead of two dollars. Exactly. There's a psychological component. Exactly. And I had done the calculations for my book, and I needed, uh, I need sixty four hundred was like the minimum, mm-hmm. and I might have had to put in some of my money for shipping. Right. But I thought it felt like, look, if I got this, I'd do it. Whereas I wanted ten. Right. But by asking for that lower number, it went over. It, it. went over, and and initially, not really understanding that component mm-hmm. of it. From my first uh, Kickstarter, that's where I think definitely our initial gut feeling, we would have reached it. Now, hindsight, with that initial goal, that initial Kickstarter, I'm glad we didn't reach the goal, to be honest with you. We offered everything you can think of. Vinyl figures, skateboard decks, Mm -hmm. cell phone covers. I mean, all this stuff. And it wasn't even stretch goal stuff. It was just like, (laughs) here's what you're going to get if you just go this tier. And again, I'm thinking the more stuff we throw at people, the more that they're going to uh, mm-hmm. they're going to jump on all this stuff. And it was almost like it's like sensory overload. It's almost like when you come to a convention. Let's just be honest. When most fans come to the, the initial day or the, when they walk through the door, they either know exactly what they're going to get initially, or they're so overwhelmed. They're, they're like deer in headlights, and they're just trying to figure out, what what is all this? This is awesome, but I don't know where to begin. So in Kickstarter, it's kind of like that, and you know, just kind of open up this this world of all this great creative stuff, and people are just, you know, they're they're in a, in a daze to some degree because they're just amazed by it, and they just don't know where to begin. There's a signal-to-noise <laughs> ratio if you have too many goals and too many rewards. People don't know what to pledge to. It's yeah. like they get confused. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I kept it as clean as possible. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's like you can pledge a buck just to support it, which was something that I actually didn't have initially, but everyone that I talked to said to add that, and it actually hasn't been helpful at all. So I was right, clearly. <laughs> um, it's like eight bucks to get a digital copy of the book, 25 to get the book, and then there's a couple of higher levels and like, you, you know, like 250 is the highest level and you get a page of original art. And, um, but I mean, just really, you know, really simple. And like, I, I set the goal too high. I realize now I set it at 10, which, you know, we're easily going to hit, but it like the psychology of it, the two big components is people want to support a winner. 
So right. they, because they want to know that they're going to once get you're it. funded, it kicks over and it kicks over. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, exactly. And what happens with? And, oh, I'm sorry. And ahead. then well, and then also having like reachable stretch goals, right. it that motivates people to share it to get other people invested. Right. And then the other thing I hadn't thought of, and I I got invited to this. There's a like a meetup group for crowdfunding in Atlanta where I live. And there was a guy who talked who he um, he works at a gaming company. He's like the marketing guy. And they like they pre-sell all of their games through Kickstarter. They've done I think they do like they're doing like twelve a year. And the past like I think I'm trying to think how many but they they've done ten projects and they've made more than ten million dollars. And this, these are not video games, but you know tabletop games, which is just insane. And one of the things he said is a, a really big motivator that I didn't think about is. You want to make people think that they're getting a deal. That's another thing that really gets them. So you can say, like, this book is going to be available later. You know, it's going to be in retail for $30, but you can get it now for 25 And it's like, oh, like, here's this thing that I believe in, but also I, you know, like, I can, I can really score something here. I can be in on the ground floor. And, like, all of those factors, you know, they're, like, you want to use every little thing you can because, you know, you want to, you want to, have success. You know, and the other part of that, too, I guess, piggybacking off of the people love successful, you know, stories um, is, you know, Kickstarter, you know, they put they if you're reaching your goal at a pretty rapid pace, it, it's it appears on like the main front page, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and you see that hot button there. I don't know if you guys follow. Kick, I guess mostly you guys <clears throat> been on Kickstarter and that's that makes all kinds of difference. Well, then Kickstarter you know. is happy to show you how many of your funders are coming from their from homepage their, yeah. and, and their recommendations. Yeah, you have that tracker, that tracker that shows everything from where you know where the sources are coming <clears throat> from, as far as like the people that are backing it. You know, I man, I tweeted a million times a day. <laughs> you know, I, you know, you, you do all this other stuff, and still, when you look at the tracker, most of the funding, uh, the backers are coming from. Uh, the Kickstarter, if if you're, you know, so it's like, man, yeah, you know. If you can get included in that Kickstarter email that goes oh, out, like, that's, that's, that's another the, that's the yeah. rainmaker. Yeah, the one that's uh, called uh, Projects They Love or that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think like a good 25, 30% of my funding came from Kickstarter things. But also right. just to know, if you do a Kickstarter, I think they include when people change their uh backing like they up it mm-hmm. which yeah. is why i think that having one dollar and five dollar things is really smart because once it's funded then those people who feel invested it's like oh this is really going to happen i actually i'll go ahead and get the print edition <laughs> yeah. rather right. than the digital copy yeah. you yeah. know uh and then they include that in the kickstarter percentage so it's hard to say exactly mm-hmm. where they came from yeah mm-hmm. well and kickstarter is very it's very much a community of people like yeah. it's it's um you know you get outside people who just have an interest in the project so they're going to sign up and whatever but it's uh, like the the core support is going to be like if you can tap those existing people right. and figure out how to connect with them and a lot of them will pledge just like a buck to something mm-hmm, true. just because they want to check it out and especially if you can stimulate like within like there are the comments threads if you can get right. people interacting in the comments and that's something that i haven't I haven't had so i'll I've tell you a thing i did hard. that every a lot of people wrote me back uh to tell me how unusual it was but every single backer i wrote them a, a message uh saying uh, thanks for backing my project. Wow. Or thanks for doing this. And I included their name. Wow, that's awesome. With every single one of them. Yeah. And it was like almost two thousand people. But you know, you got the Jesus. app on your phone, and then it they send you a thing. I'm like, oh, thanks for backing my thing. Or I yeah, really right. appreciate Shane it. Was going, I'm not right. Two thousand. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Well, that's well, that's a great. Well, if you want to get to seven hundred and fifty percent, yeah. No, if you want, I did. 
Um, I'm living off that right now. I bought a car. <laughs> what kind of car? I got a 2012 Ford Fusion. You lie. It's outside. Okay. <laughs> you want to um, take it for a ride, dude? Uh, how many <laughs> of you guys' moms have supported your Kickstarters? My mom I, doesn't know how to do. Yeah, it's, that was kind of a weird transition there. Jay, but, oh, I think man. she may have actually. I'm not sure. Yeah, I had mine. uncles. You know, they were like, "What? Well, what's this? What's that button for?" I'm like, "You know what, dude? Just give me just ten dollars, and I'll just, <laughs> you know." Van's mom. Yeah, she uh, right she got a uh, a book with an original sketch in it. I was like, "Mom, wow. I would have done that for you." Like, I would. All right, moms are great. You're her guys. baby. I hope, I hope y'all all <laughs> your moms. My mom that. offered to help with shipping. So that that's she's just a good as pledging, man. There you go. Cool. I have a couple more questions before I get to them. I wanted to know if if uh, anyone in the audience had questions for you guys. Yeah, hang on. We got a guy over here. I'm gonna walk back to him. Um, how do you market your Kickstarter without coming off as tacky? Because like a lot of people, uh, like you'll see someone post on uh, a forum or their Facebook page or something, and it's clearly just you know seems like they're begging for money. How do you try to reach those people without coming off as one of those sorts. I think one of the things is just not being a tacky person. Uh, it's tough. Uh, you know, I, I was hesitant to do a Kickstarter, uh, and nothing against doing this because I've, I've backed several projects that are like this, and I, and I actually am coloring a project that was backed like this. But it's, it's one thing when you're asking to be paid to go do the project – and then it's a different thing when you're like, I've done this project and I want to get it printed or, or I want to get it, you know, out to people. Um, they're both valid, but I didn't feel comfortable uh, just because I know how much life affects my work schedule. Like I'm a single dad and like, you know, family things happen. I, my son's in kindergarten, so I get sick all the time now. Um, so I didn't want to ask for money for a project that wasn't completed. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that has an effect psychologically on the people who are funding it because it's like, oh, this is done. I just want it, you know. When that that enables you too to say, here it is. Like, yeah. Come, like all you say is like, I've got this new book. Like you can come here and read it if you want a copy. This is how you do it. You don't. It's not like there's there's like the there are different approaches. There's you know it's basically like you're you're kind of making a. I mean, with the videos that kind of translates to your overall approach. Like, is it a like a advertorial kind of approach or is it a passion plea or are you doing just like a like funny weirdo kind of thing and all uh, of that can work yeah they all of those components are good but if that's uh, who you are i think if, yeah. You, if yeah. you're known it has to be who you are like the the passion plea tends to be the least successful um which is it kind of surprised me but um but people like if you don't because most artists we're you know we're we're to some degree, we're we're shy, we're a little insecure, but we're not. Are you Sanford? <laughs> I am a wallflower, man. Oh, okay. I just don't, you know. But you know that I think just having um, something that you said earlier is like you know who you are. If you if you're you have an online presence, I think that's already you're, you're ahead of the game. On you're ahead of the game. If you're doing, doing you out there and you're personable. I mean, of course, the convention circuits and whatever people know you. They know. They don't know you, but they know that, oh, this guy, I, I met him before at a con or he's online. And, you know, that, that stuff goes a long way. I try. I think the initial, my initial um, Kickstarter, it was more of that, you know, plea kind of thing. And once I realized that, wait a minute, I'm, this is not who I am, 
<clears throat> I backed away from that, and that's when it all started to come together. So. I don't know how you would classify my video. I really uh, I showed some stills from it. I had my buddy Scott come and video me, and I wrote the script for what I said. But I didn't get into details about the money, which a lot of Kickstarter recommendations tell you to do. Mm-hmm. I think my pod project, my video was perfect for my project. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it definitely should be. And it was short. Yeah, it's that's short, the other thing. Short, short. short. It has yeah. to be short. I swear, I liked looking around because I was new to minutes, Kickstarter. Two, two yeah. and a half minutes, something like that. I loved looking around at all the projects. There were all these great inventors. Like, working. there was this guy who invented like this little motor for paper airplanes. You can snap it onto your paper airplane, wow. and then you can control your paper <laughs> airplane from your that's app awesome. on your. Phone. I know, right? It's like, is that still available? What is? <laughs> so like, there's all this awesome stuff happening, but then you get into the video, and it's like five minutes long, and like after thirty seconds, you're like Skip wearing it's out. It's got to be entertaining Skip for sure. And one oh, yeah. like quick thing, just to like have a plan when you're marketing. Like that's the big thing is um, like I mean I do that with every book I write. Like the Pinocchio books, I mean they're published by a company, but like I have a plan to market them because I want them to succeed. So like with the Kickstarter, I had I started up an email where it's just like everyone that I know who I have their addresses. I'm going to do like occasional email updates of just like the stupid crap that I'm up to. And so I like the first day there was one of those is like here's this new book I have here's how you can check it out everything along those lines I I mean like 2 weeks before I started contacting every comics journalist that I knew and I sent mm-hmm. individual emails to them it was like here's a digital review copy of the book here's what we're doing like here's a link to the kickstarter um we're doing we're trying to do a, a stretch goal to get it translated into Spanish so I really pushed that um I mean, I, we launched on Cinco de Mayo, which, you know, was another like, and I know like I I worked in journalism. I know that people like a news peg. And I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we got coverage in every single comics news site. And I think we're going to have something coming up in like USA Today. And it's just because like I, I hustled my ass off, but I like, I had a plan and I've got a plan for the back half of it. But you know, it's like, it doesn't just happen. Right. I guess to quantify what everyone is saying is like you got you got to work. You got to be willing to just. This has to be almost full time, which is really you know it's interesting because you're you're in a place where all right this is nowhere near the reason why you're doing the Kickstarter is because you can't afford to do this. You know uh, you didn't have the means to do it beforehand, so now you have to almost you know it's almost kind of a. Um, uh, you, you have this mindset of, okay, this is going to, it's like a faith based kind of thing. And to some degree, you got to be believe that, all right, I'm going to be doing this full time. You're going to do it full time because you're going to believe, you believe it's going to be successful. Van, so how, long have you, like, how long has it been since you got into comics first? Like, uh, Pinocchio Vampire Slayer, <clears throat> the first one came out in 2010. Okay. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I, I think, We've both been drawing for 10 years. At least. Yeah, I'm a little over that, but it's hard to mark when your kickover parts are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It's like you think you've broken in, and then you get a better gig, and you're like, no, 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 now I've broken And then now the something terrible is easily going to be the thing I'm known for forever. So now I've broken it. You know what I mean? Man, I still haven't broken it. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> drawing the, I mean, writing the flash and that, stuff. That's almost like a, a, a good segue into that. I guess I don't know if it's a Kickstarter that uh, documentary called Making It. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's about what is making it. When is you know what is success in terms of this industry? When are you successful? 
when is that uh, determined? So. Well, the reason I was mentioning it is because, uh, you know, having worked for some of the bigger publishers and uh, not always had my projects go the way I wanted to, uh, sometimes because of editorial control and sometimes just because they didn't understand the marketing. Like I was working on a female lead thing and uh, once the editor who was really behind that was gone, it's like, you know, Boys Club doesn't care at all. So doing this book... Even some of the books I've done for the indie publishers, I've been very happy to get those gigs and, and proud of those works. But doing your own thing with no one stopping you and no limits on what you can do and what you think is right, if you really believe in yourself, and I, I really would advise people to do try this digital release thing that I did because it worked. Like, yeah. read it as a webcomic for free or download it. No one does the work to have that capability, but a 99-cent comic download on your own site that you're getting most of the money from and then I had that money to live on, and I was selling the posters. I don't know if anyone's seen. There's a picture with all these superheroes in the TARDIS that's uh, a big key point in the story. But I was selling that poster before the comic even launched. So when people, when the webcomic launched, then people were like, oh, that's where that thing I liked was from. Like, Will Wheaton had reblogged this poster I'd seen. And then, yeah. so it built, <laughs> then it was the webcomic, right. and then it was yeah. the download, and then it was the Kickstarter. And so it, it rolled forward, building fans, snowballing forward. I think that's a good method that I stumbled into accidentally. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, accidental success. Yeah. Cool. I think we have time for one more question if anyone has one out here. No? Okay. So then uh, just uh, from each of you guys, if you have one good tip for someone who was like, I got my work, I'm done, I'm ready to put it on Kickstarter or some other uh, platform, uh, what would be your one tip for them and how they're, how they're going to run it? Anything you haven't said already. <sighs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, right? I, I would say just um, do a very encompassing look at what similar projects have done and learn as much as possible from other people's successes and failures. Um, I think going to what Sanford was saying about your online presence is probably the biggest thing. And um, if you've got 30 followers on Twitter, you don't have, there's no point in media blasting there. You know, I would do the uh, what Van was saying, where you'd go to the sending things to uh, media outlets, which I did also. But if you really want to be successful in this, you should be doing funny, interesting stuff online so that you're building followers. Like I've done so many ridiculous things. Like I did this series called Barack Obama looking at awesome things where I took all these photos, uh, right after he became president, there were all these photos of him on the campaign trail where he's like, got to look at a manufacturing plant and I'd Photoshopped it. So he's looking at the Batmobile and he's checking out a green lantern ring. And what sold it was all the guys in hard hats and glasses standing around him because it's like, oh, I got to check out, you know, Link's sword and, you know, stuff like that. But it, for no reason other than it was amusing to me, but then that was on Huffington Post and I gained a lot of followers from that. It's just doing nonsense stuff that you think's cool. Do lots of that and be funny online so that you build followers. Wow. I guess, I mean, you guys said it all, honestly. I mean, there's there's no no magic bullet or whatever to to make this all work i mean being super famous that's the, the magic <laughs> that's the magic bullet, bullet. like if it you're really super is. famous you're going to be fine in other words Veronica there Mars. is no magic bullet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know so it's it's you know it's this what you do um if you believe in it and you feel like okay i'm now is the time i'm ready to put in the man hours then go for it People dog on that V Mars movie, but it was awesome, and I am so glad that it's it out got already. Funded. You can get it. it. It was great. I haven't seen it yet. I I believe you. I mean, I don't get quite how awesome it is because I haven't seen it. But okay, cool. Sounds good. Um, lunch. in your car. I know. Right? In my car. In, in his we're new gonna car. Go get some donuts and talk about Veronica Mars. Oh <laughs> man, donuts and Veronica Mars. Well, 
I think that means it's time. I know, right? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and then I would just say to um, honesty when you relay it, when you're talking about your project, um, and um, yeah. So. I do have actually. Oh, I just Sanford. started. Didn't one. even think to say don't lie. Yeah, don't lie. <laughs> I, I didn't even think. Kind of. I guess just piggybacking off of that, if you do decide to launch one, please just be present. Let people keep people up to date on what's going on with the project. I mean, people hate being in the dark. You know, um, we have one. We had one person. Uh, I backed someone um, who had a similar project. Okay, that's not the person right there though. Screaming out there. That was but, for uh, you though. That was for me. But um, he. You know, he puts up uh, maybe one update like every other month or something like that. So people are really not liking that. So it's, you know, of course, it's your money and you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm about to get screwed over here. And, you know, people don't like to feel screwed over, you know. Yeah. So you want to keep people in the light. And you should be public on. outside of just your updates. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a very public person. I don't, I don't have a lot of secrets. I don't like having secrets. I basically had one and then I just did a book about it. So now I'm transparent there you go <laughs> but uh but if you've got a facebook fan page of I me mean, if you're a creator or something like that or a twitter account or a tumblr like where people can just check you this is what i'm doing this is where i am i'm doing this and then sometimes people you know like uh i did uh, a fundraiser uh when my car died to uh before the kickstarter just personally like it's like hey i'll do cheap sketches for people and i'm still working through those and so people email like hey where's my sketch it's like i just posted the ones i sent out this week and you can see them and i'm getting to yours you know but the, that accountability that's present because i'm <clears throat> present online where people right. can check me all the time people love to see process yeah they love to see you know the behind the scenes that can be great updates you know, people love to see the making of that, you know, they're more involved. You know, it's not just your money. Now you're really a part of this thing. So, and there's also community. Not to keep going, I don't know how long your <laughs> thing is, but you were talking about uh, uh, having a marketing strategy. And I think that's so correct. But I also think sometimes people get so hooked on following someone else's model. Whereas the truth of being a comics creator, especially in an online world, is whatever you like doing and you think is cool. There's other people who think that's cool. Do mm -hmm. your stuff and you'll find your audience. You don't have to adapt. Like I'm like really liberal and liberal and concerned about, you know, sexual violence issues and, and feminism and stuff like that. And so I post about those things and those are probably like barriers to some people getting into my stuff. And that's fine because the people who do are really going to like it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Van, Dean, Sanford. Thank you guys. Where uh, where in the building can we find y'all if, if we want to ask you more questions? Uh, I'm booth 320-something, and I've got some flyers where they have uh, links to download the first chapter of Leg. That's awesome. awesome. Dude with the marketing plan shows up with smart marketing materials. Uh, I'm at table 626, and there's a picture of a bunch of superheroes, so you'll see it. Sweet. I'm right under the 500 banner so just look up see 500 and look down and I'm, I'll be waving at you <laughs> awesome so, thanks guys thank you right. thanks. thanks so much